You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Like we always do about this time. I was gonna rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Brother Chase, how you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. How you doing? Can you hear me all right? I'm good. I'm good, man. Can you hear me well? Can you hear me yeah, all right? I can hear you better now. You're you're a little scrambled there for a sec, but you're you're good to go now. Okay, it's it's nothing. That some some editing can't knock out, so it's all, all right. good. <laughs> uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, man, we're gonna be talking Washington Wizards today. I have with me Chase Carroll, who is a writer for the Wizards Extra. And he is a host on the Wizards Walkthrough Podcast, man. Uh, just tell me a little bit about uh, Wizards Extra and your podcast. Man. So it's a little startup, little blog that we we started. Um, Becca Winkert started it last year that we, we really started to um, attack the Wizards beat a lot harder last year. It's, it's kind of lacking some um, good, knowledgeable beat writers in, in the area that, that really just love the team. And that's something that I think Wizards Extra really brings to the table is, is a good fan perspective of the Wizards. Not You're not going to get the um, the everyday writing perspective that you get from your, your everyday writer. You're going to get the fan perspective and what, what I think is really going on uh, in the eyes of the Wizards fan base. Cool, cool, man. How, how long have you guys been at it? So I started just before the season last year, before the, uh, the the first game. Actually, I think I did my first piece. So um, we're we're a year year in, and we're looking to uh, expand it a lot more. Hopefully, we get more um, viewership, more more reading going on. But it's it's a great start. We're really liking the progress we've made. Awesome, man! Awesome, man! As somebody who is, uh, this is going to be my seventh season with uh, covering Atlanta Hawks, man. Just keep plugging at it, man. Keep plugging at it. 
keep putting out the content. Don't worry about the numbers. Just keep plugging at it, man. Keep plugging at it. Absolutely. Um, I want to start from last season. Um, we're going to talk about Russ. We're going to talk about the draft picks and all that. But uh, last year, you guys, 25 and 47, finished ninth in the East. Um, you guys spent a little time in the bubble, right? If, I, if my memory serves me correctly, right? You guys did a couple of playing games. Talk a little bit about last year, how you ended. So last year, I, I think if you look at the preseason articles of what the expectations were for the Washington Wizards, it was not a highly anticipated season for that team. It was a very young squad with you know, Bradley Beal as the leader. He, he really came into his own as a superstar, in my opinion, last year, averaging over 30 a game. But at the same time, he was with a young squad that um, was really growing on the fly last year. He, they, they were thrown into the fire and they got heavy minutes and they were expected to perform right away. And uh, some of them were able to really get some, some good production in. But at the same time, some of them showed that they really do need a little bit more growth uh, this year as well. But at the same time, I think that they will show that they can do that this year. Um, but but as you said, the record didn't didn't show a good year last year. There there were some things that they really lacked on the defensive end, and I don't know if they really added that this year. Um, so so that's going to be interesting to see. But when you you plug in a Russell Westbrook to to last year's squad, you do see some things that uh, maybe intrigue you because the young guys did did like I said show some things last year. You you throw in another star there that can maybe uh, make some things happen for those guys. So last year. Um, we're, we're not necessarily wiping it clean because they did show some things that, that they can build on. But, um, yeah, this, this, is a, this is a new year that we're, we're ready to see what these young guys can do. I don't think people out, outside of uh, the D.C. area realize how much of a beloved figure John Wall was in that city. Um, and I have family up there, and the people that, that are in that area – he 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 had done so much for that city, so much for that community off the court. He loved that city. Talk a little bit about what you're losing when you trade a guy like John Well. And we understand that business is business and it kind of is what it is. But talk about what you're losing with a guy like John Wall and how much he meant to that city. Yeah, like you said, it goes way beyond the court with John Wall. That's a guy that won a community assist award in DC for the work he's done off the court. And, and that that's a big deal. That's something that the people in the area really love about John Wall is he really puts in the time. He puts in the effort to really get in the community and, and talk with the people that, um, lo that love him and, and he loves them as well. So um, it, it does go, go well beyond the basketball court with the love of John Wall. But at the same time, he brought a lot on the court, uh, for 10 years, you know, obviously the last two years he's been injured and not really able to produce on the court and, and the money stuff. He's been making a lot of money the last couple of years to sit on the bench, but you, you, look, you push that to the side. He did a lot of great things on the court for the Wizards as their number one piece for the last decade. So obviously the Wizards fan base is going to feel uh, a certain love towards John Wall, and that's never going to go away just because he's no longer on the team. I feel like the city of, of Washington really still gravitates to John Wall and still wants to see him do well in Houston, um, even though he's he's no longer here. We we still do wish him well, and I, I think as we've seen in the preseason so far, he, I think he's still got a little bit left in his legs. I think he's he, he's not done yet. At 30 years old, 
um, you know, coming off an Achilles injury. I know a lot of, uh, of Achilles injuries in the past have, have been a detriment to guys, but I think a lot of those guys have been older than what John Wall is at, at this time of his career, 30 years old. I think he's still got plenty left to show. And if, if anything has, um, if we've seen anything in these first couple of preseason games, I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. Yeah, and I and I imagine that when he comes back to Washington, he will get a, a huge thunderous uh, standing ovation when he comes back. You know, and John's a very emotional guy. I imagine there will be tears and everything. But uh, we wish John John the best. We hope he does well in Houston as well. Um, again, my host, my my guest host today is uh, Chase. Uh, Chase, what's your last name again, man? Carol. Chase Carroll. I have I have the ticker right there on the bottom. So if you're watching on uh, Periscope or watching on our Facebook page, you can follow him uh, on Twitter at Chase Carroll, all in word underscore on Twitter. So make sure you give him a follow and check out his work for the Wizards. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Russ in just a moment, but I want to start with uh, the, the roster in the offseason. Uh, let's start with the draft. You guys drafted uh, Danny Adija at uh, ninth overall in the pick. Then you drafted uh, Cassius Winston, 53rd overall. Um, tell me a little bit about the uh, the Adesia kid, man. The kid from overseas uh, can be a playmaker. I think I think getting him at nine was kind of a steal. I thought he was going to go before that. Um, has he played in that first offseason game? What have you thought about? What are your initial thoughts on the guy in your first rounder? So as you said, nine overall, I don't think anyone expected Denny to fall to Washington. And I think the fan base as well as the team, very happy that he slid to us. If if the he has played in one preseason game so far, and if it's any indication of how good he's going to be, he's going to be something because he did go six for six, um, three for three from the three-point line, which was coming in something that uh, was labeled as a as something that w- wasn't strong in his game, his three-point ability. So if he, if he has... Uh, improved on that as it looks like he may have that's going to be a big part of his game here in DC as well with next to Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal those are two stars that are going to have the ball in their hands so uh, if, if he can improve his three-point ability he's going to get a lot of open looks out there um, but but as you said yeah no one really expected him to come to us um, so for, for him to fall to us uh, at, at nine I think we we hit on a nine overall pick last year in Rui Hashimura so um, if they can continue that trend of hitting on num- number nine overall picks, uh, the Wizards are going to be set with a couple of good international prospects here in the next few years. Yeah, and I have to admit, man, I, I'm, I was a big fan of the Hachimura kid, man. I really liked him coming out of college. And again, I thought that last year he slid again. So for two years in a row, man, I, I really thought that you guys got somebody that could have easily gone top five, uh, as far as their talent is concerned, man. I really like the Hatchamora kid. Tell me a little bit about Hatchamora, what you guys kind of expect from him in the second, from the second year. What did you see from him out of, his, out of his rookie year? So in his rookie year, he showed a real explosion, a real ag- aggression that a lot of rookies, I feel like, uh, don't show immediately. Uh, not necessarily at the defensive end. He definitely needs to work on that. Um, but, but with the ball in his hands, He's as aggressive as they come. He's going to take it to the rack on you, but he can also pull up and hit that mid-range jumper. He, he's very versatile at uh, being this young into his NBA career, just a rookie last year. 
I think all the big name rookies that you think of, the Tyler Heroes, the Zion Williamson's, the John Morant's, uh, Zion or Rui's rookie season, I think, got pushed to the to the backside. I don't think people realized playing in DC how how great of a rookie year he really had. He he didn't play as well in the bubble, unfortunately, coming off an injury, coming off of some time off, which everyone got. Everyone had some time off for obvious reasons with COVID. So him coming back, he as he was the number one option in the bubble with Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans both sitting out. So we got to see him as the number one option. And that's not really the role he's going to be in here anymore. He's probably going to be the third, fourth, fifth guy, which I think he's really well suited for in this offense. He's going to really fit in well, I think, with a Russell Westbrook and a Bradley Beal. Um, the other guy that you guys drafted, uh, Cassius Winston, uh, you drafted him 53rd overall. Is the idea for him to be a two-way player? Did he make the squad? What's, what's the deal with him? I think the idea is for him to be a two-way player to start. Uh, they have a good backup in Ish Smith who can really play a lot of minutes. He can really give you a lot of things off the bench. So I, I don't know if Cassius Winston is really going to be asked to play too much to start. Maybe if a guy goes down, he can be a guy who uh, fills in. But I don't think the idea is to play him a ton to start. But I think he's really just the guy uh, in in the second rounds that you take who is a – culture setter he's a guy who knows how to win and I, that's that's something that I think this team really needs to learn how to do they have a bunch of good young talent but they need guys that are willing to put in the work who are willing to uh, show what it takes to win and I think Cassius Winston is one of those guys who has shown at the college level at Michigan State that's a that's a winner that's a guy that uh, will do whatever it takes to win and he doesn't care about the spotlight which which I think Next to guys like Russell Westbrook, like guys like Bradley Beal, you, you need a guy who's willing to accept his role off the bench and and just give you good minutes. And I think that's something that Cassius Winston can do. All of the guys that I've spoke with so far doing season previews have uh, – we've talked about the element of this season needing depth, especially with COVID. We don't know what each day is going to look like, what the weeks are going to look like, so – there's a chance that you might see a little bit more of Cassius Winston than you might think. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's never a bad thing to have good young point guards on your roster. So that's uh, – I was very happy with that selection. Yeah, and here in Atlanta, our second-round guy, Cassius – I mean, not Cassius, I'm about to say Cassius Winston. Uh, Skylar Mays, a uh, four-year senior out of LSU. And I told people, look, man, he may see the floor a lot more than you guys think. You know, with COVID hitting, we don't know when guys are going to go up, how many players are going to be uh, available. So I think that is a a, uh, a wild card in a lot of teams. That's going to hit a lot of teams. And you just never know. You know, you never know. Right. No, absolutely. Definitely need as much depth as you can at every position. So you make the blockbuster trade for John Wall and Russell Westbrook. How did the city take it knowing that, okay, Wall is out, here comes Russ? Like, tell me just the, the fan perspective of what Washington Wizards Twitter was saying about Russ coming in because, you know, it, it, it can be kind of split on Russ. <laughs> no, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a mixed bag. I think uh, there's, there's the obvious love of John Wall leaving. Um, he, he meant a lot to this city for a decade. And I think him sitting out two years, we wanted to see what he could do on the court with Bradley Beal because 
Uh, John Wall, we didn't get to see him play with a Bradley Beal of this caliber. We, we saw when John Wall was around, Bradley Beal was more so a spot-up shooter, but with John Wall sitting out about two and a half years now, Bradley Beal's really developed at a, at a really astronomical rate. He's really able to handle the ball himself. He's able to create shots for himself, which isn't something he was really able to do with John Wall around. So I think a lot of the fan base was really excited to see John Wall play with Bradley Beal again. But obviously, uh, I think this is a, a showing that this is Bradley Beal's team now. It's nothing against John Wall or what he can do on the court, because I think he still has a lot left in the tank. But uh, this is Bradley Beal's team now. So you bring in a Russell Westbrook. Um, I think a lot of the fan base is mixed on how the fit will go, because uh, I think a lot of people were hearing in the offseason that Russell Westbrook, uh, he wanted it to be his team again. He didn't really enjoy playing alongside James Harden as the second guy, I don't think. I think he liked, liked the spotlight to be on him, for better or for worse. But um, we'll, we'll see. It seems early on he's willing to accept that he's – uh, the secondary option to Bradley Beal, but who who knows if that'll continue as the time goes on. I know Wizards fan base definitely wasn't happy with it to start, but I think we've really warmed up uh, to the thought that maybe um, with a new change of scenery, Russell Westbrook can be what he was in OKC or or maybe even just a, a better version of himself in a in a different role, maybe a lesser role. From a personality standpoint, do you think that the personalities will fit between those two stars, between Russ and Beal? Um, Beal seems to be more, uh, doesn't seem to be more like a type A, so kind of like a type B personality. Russ is very type A, <laughs> very type A personality, yeah. very high energetic. But for what it's worth, everybody that's played with Russ, like, loves Russ, you know? Outside of maybe James Harden, maybe, but like, <laughs> do you think from a personality standpoint that like it could work for me? I mean, being on the court, like, I mean, there's definitely going to be, uh, you, we're definitely going to have to see how that works because they're both ball dominant guards. Right. From a personality standpoint, when I mean personality, I mean on the court, off the court. What do you think that'll look like? So I actually think it works because you look at the John Wall, Bradley Beal. Uh, dynamic that had been going on for years. I think they didn't really mesh personally. They they say that they love each other, and I I do believe to an to a point that they do like each other. I just don't think that they first their personalities mesh. You know, off the court, I think John Wall is more of a guy who liked to go out, like to um, not necessarily as much of a family guy. Though though now that he's had a son, the last couple of years he's um, become a little bit more of a family guy, but. Bradley Beal with two sons uh, has become really a, a family guy. He wants to, uh, to to really grow his family here in the D.C. area and, and uh, be a really positive role model in the area. And I think that's something Russell Westbrook also is. I think he's a good role model off the court. He's a family guy who really cares about his kids, uh, at least if his social media is, is any indication of it. He's a – it seems to be a good – uh, hardworking guy off the court. And I think that's something that will mesh well with Bradley Beal. I think it'll actually bring the best out of Bradley Beal, especially on the defensive end. Um, I think Russell Westbrook will, will bring that dog that uh, I think Beal has only shown really offensively the last couple of years. I, th I think the the fit will, will work from a personality aspect. I just want to see if it'll work on the court. 
Now, you guys also brought in Robin Lopez, uh, um, a perennial, uh, just NBA veteran, a big body, you know, who can who can come in and, you know, get rebounds, clog up space in the paint. What was it that you guys needed as you were transitioning from, you know, offseason, you're going into this season? What is it that you guys – what is it that you feel your team needed, and do you feel that y'all got that or kind of at least somewhat addressed that in the offseason? So Robin Lopez definitely filled somewhat of a need. They needed someone who could come in and clog the paint, could come in and, and fight for rebounds because Thomas Bryant, he's a great offensive center, and he's a really good prospect, but he's really struggled defensively mm. early on in his career. I, that, I think they're hoping that he takes strides as well defensively, but – they brought in Robin Lopez to be that kind of anchor that maybe Gortat was similar to for years uh, here in D.C. He, he's a guy that will just take up space. He's not necessarily an athlete. He's not going to do anything spectacular on the, on the court for you, but he's a, a sure-handed guy that knows what he's supposed to do and I think um, will, will fight hard for you, which, which is something this team really needed. I think they also really needed some perimeter defenders. They needed – some wings that could get out and, and lock up another team's best offensive wing. Cause that's something that they really didn't have on the roster last year. And when you look at the roster again this year, I think they didn't really no. take the steps that they needed in that area. They, they kind of stuck with the guys that they already had the, the young prospects, which could be a good thing. Who knows? Maybe they develop defensively and, and prove that more playing time can, can help your uh, your defense moving forward. But um, from what we saw last year at the wing position, they, they really struggled defensively. And I, I don't foresee that changing too much with, uh, with the off season we saw this summer, or I guess now this, this fall. <laughs> you guys decided to bring back uh, Bertans, who was a guy who I kind of wanted to come to Atlanta, but uh, they decided to give him his money. And I'm all, I'm all for guys getting their money, man. But, uh, talk a little bit about Bertans, what you what you come back, what, what you bring with him, uh, a, a, just a, a good shooter from behind the arc, can stretch the court, open up the uh, open up the court. Um, you guys signed him to us. Was that a four year deal or what? Yeah, four years, eighty mil. So Woo! it's a it's a it's a little bit of a or a five, it's kind of pricey. Five, five years, might be five years, eighty mil. Excuse me. Okay, so not 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 as bad, but. Um, He's going to be in D.C. for a while, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think nowadays you, you're going to kind of overpay for a little bit of everybody. If you want to keep a guy, if you want to get a guy, you're going to overpay a little bit. I mean, we brought in Bagdanovich. Uh, re- anytime you get a restricted free agent, you're going to overpay a little bit. Uh, same with Gallinari. But that's the price you have to pay in these in this day and age, you know, if you want to be competitive. So, I, I thought the deal was okay. I thought I was like, I thought it was a little bit much, but hey, man, you know, hey, somebody got to get that money. Might as well be them, <laughs> right? Well, the, there were reports that he was going to make even more than that. So I think, wow, when when that number was down to that, I think the Wizards fan base was was really happy with with being able to come to that number because I think a lot of teams were definitely interested in Davis Bertans, as were likely the Hawks were were interested in Davis Bertans because as you look at the NBA and today's landscape. Three-point shooting is at a premium, and a that's premium. a guy who, uh, at almost seven feet tall, can hit just about any shot. Not really anyone can can stop him from shooting at that height, especially with the range that he has. Not many seven-footers are shooting with the range that Davis Bertans is shooting at. He's shooting at 
if you if you go back and look at some of the shots he hit last year, some of the games he had were truly incredible. He's, he was hitting some Steph Curry, some uh, Damian Lillard like shots from deep, which um, you know that's that's if you have someone like that on your team, I think you got to do what you can to keep him. So I'm not too upset with the contract that they gave him. I think he fits very well alongside Russell Westbrook and alongside Bradley Beal as that third option. Um, he played six man last year. He may start this year. I don't know, but I think that's, that's a guy who's willing to come off the bench and not make an issue of it. So um, he's getting starter minutes off the bench either, either way. He's, he's going to get a lot of playing time this year and the wizards fan base loves him. The wizards franchise loves him. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see him in, in DC for the next five years, hopefully. Awesome. Um, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Talk a little bit about the roster and as it, as it seems now, can you kind of foresee maybe a starting five for this unit so far? Uh, and then talk a little bit about the depth. Uh, who are your second string guys? Who do you foresee as the starters? And I know a lot of that's still kind of up in the air in Atlanta, coach Pierce, he, he says to us that he doesn't have a starting five yet, but you kind of have an idea. Uh, if you were the head coach, who would your starters be? Who would your, your, your sixth and seventh main guys be? So four of the roster spots, four of the starting spots, I think are locked up with Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal at the, at the starting guard spots. You got Rui Hachimura and Thomas Bryant are locked there at the power forward and center spots. So that leaves the small forward position. And I think that's actually going to fluctuate as the season goes on. I don't think we're going to have a set small forward on this roster. I think Scott Brooks is going to choose to go with who he thinks fits best based on matchups. Because as I said, we didn't really have that wing defender last year. And it seems like they didn't really uh, make too much of an effort to bring another one in. So they may go ahead and start who they started last year in, in Isaac Bonga, a 20-year-old small forward who has good defensive potential. He, he's a guy that grew a lot this offseason as well. So I think um, he, he may be the guy to go as the starter. But I think a lot of the fan base wants to see Denny Avdija really get a chance to start early on, um, see what he can do. But I, I think that may come a little later uh, as, as time goes on, because with no with a, a very short preseason, not much work to do in training camp, I think they, they may ease him in a little bit. So um, between those two, Troy Brown Jr. and Jerome Robinson, the three spot is really up to grabs for any of those four guys. And, and as are the backup spots there, um, any of those guys could play the two or three spot as well. So um, really, it, it's a fight for minutes at that spot with a bunch of young guys. Um, it's whoever is, is going to take it here in these last few preseason games, I think, whoever shows that they can mesh with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook the best. How big is the Avija kid again? Is he what six nine, six ten, six eight? Yeah, he's about six nine, six ten, and just nineteen, twenty years old. So I, I don't even know if he's done growing or not yet. But um, he's got very solid ball handling. He's got floor vision. He's got um, instincts. I, I think this kid's going to be a good player. So I would like to see him eventually become the 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 starting three alongside those guys. Maybe develop into that third option yeah that would be a matchup nightmare i remember when i was doing uh watching film on him and just seeing like man this kid looks like a point guard yeah he was that quick in the passing the high the high iq i mean it's just 
a lot of a lot of Europeans come over with a high IQ because they've been playing professional ball since like seven. <laughs> so you right. know, uh, they know the game of basketball. I just think that you guys got to steal with that Vija kid. Um, it's it's going to be fun to watch, man. They're going to be fun to watch. What do the next couple of days look like for you guys as far as the preseason is concerned? Um, honestly, going to have to look at it, but um, I, I know they they play here uh, in the next couple of days. Um, but I, I'm so you, you've already had they've already played. The first game was against Brooklyn, right? That was like uh, yeah, and, okay. and Russ and Beal sat that one out. Okay. Uh, so so a lot of the young guys got their look. As as I said, the the three spot is really up for grabs. So a lot of those guys got to show. Um, what they could do. And, and Denny Avija really uh, took his opportunity from the start with, with a big performance going six for six. I think that's a guy you really have to look at. If he's already this good, this, this early, why not just throw him out there and see what he can do? Yeah. Um, and folks, I know if you're looking for Hawks content, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page and uh, check out our podcast. We are doing another season preview with the Washington Wizards. We have Chase Carroll with us from Wizards Extra and from the Walk Wizards Walkthrough Podcast joining us today, man. And as we wrap things up, man, I want to ask you, what is your projection on this team? I know last year, 25 and 47. This year, you got a 72 game. Uh, if we can get through the 72 games, God, hopefully we can. 72 game season. Uh, you bring the addition of Russell Westbrook. Um is this, as you see, a playoff team uh, as currently constructed? How many wins? What are we looking at as far as projections are concerned? So in a 72-game season here with 10 games uh, being cut off the schedule, uh, I kind of see this as a 33-ish win team, uh, maybe just at 500, below 500, maybe just above 500. In that range, uh, I'd like to see them at least be – uh, you know, I'd like to see them be a six seed, not have to worry about the play-in game. But uh, as I've seen across the NBA, the Eastern Conference, I think teams are getting better, including teams like the Hawks are getting better. So um, I'm not so sure if, if they did enough besides Russell Westbrook to to really make that push into a, a higher seed. I'd like to see him get that six seed, but I'd be happy with them um, at least being in a play play-in game and and winning a playing game. I, I want to see them uh, be a playoff team this year. I think that's something that Bradley Beal expects, and, and that's something that he deserves as a playoff roster around him with how incredible he's been playing over the last couple of years, and, and he's not getting the recognition for it. So um, if they're not winning early to start this year, he may uh, get upset. I know he wants to be in D.C. That's what he says. He wants to end his career here. But how much can, can a guy take with such a young roster uh, next to them. So if, if they're not winning, we'll, we'll see. I, I hope we don't have to worry about that. And they're a, a top six seed. They're, they're a good playoff team, but um, we'll, we'll see what, what the season has in store with Russell Westbrook coming to town. Gotcha. I got one more question for you. And I know um, the playoffs are going to be different with the seven through 10 play-in game. It's going to be interesting this year. I kind of like that wrinkle, but um I want to ask you, as far as the roster is concerned, are there any guys on the roster that you could see possibly being uh, moved at a trade deadline? If things aren't going well, the contracts are a little heavy. Uh, are there any guys on the roster that you could possibly see moving on the uh, uh, right now? So, if, if I'm seeing, if I'm thinking of 
adding a player to help with Bradley Beal, help with Russell Westbrook at the deadline, assuming that, that Bradley Beal isn't a guy that's going. I think a couple of young guys that would intrigue teams are Troy Brown Jr. and Thomas Bryant. I think those are um, some really good young players that have showed a lot early in their young careers uh, that, that they might actually be something in this league. I know Troy Brown Jr. is a guy who's really good with the ball in his hands um, as a facilitator, as a playmaker. He can create for himself, but playing alongside Russell Westbrook, playing along Bradley Beal, I don't know how much opportunity he's going to get to, to do that, especially when you draft another young guy in Denny Adija, who uh, probably has a similar skill set that he does. He, he also uh, is probably a little bigger than Troy Brown Jr. So when, when you look at it from that perspective, he may be a guy that um, doesn't really fit here as well moving forward. He could be a guy that is really an intriguing piece, a uh, young guy that, that for a team that may be looking to offload a, a better player uh, at the trade deadline. Definitely, definitely. Well, my guy, I, I appreciate you for coming on. Uh, we definitely got to do this again. Maybe we'll wrap again when the when the Wizards and Hawks uh, link up during the season. Maybe we'll have you on again and uh, do a little pregame stuff. But uh, let the folks know where they can find you, where they can read you, where they can hear you, and all that jazz. You can find me on Twitter at ChaseCarroll underscore, and you can find me on WizardsExtra.com. I'm going to be writing some pieces there. Uh, coming up as the season progresses and you can find me my podcast wizards walkthrough you can find that pretty much anywhere that podcasts are distributed apple Podcasts, spotify anchor um I'll, I'll be producing some podcasts here shortly as well as the season goes on so uh looking forward to anyone who wants to listen to what i have to say about the wizards because i'm always trying to talk <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Keep plugging on that thing, man. Keep pushing, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. Right, I'd love to come on. No doubt, man. I want to thank my co-host today, Mr. Chase Carroll, uh, and our Washington Wizards preview. Uh, again, make sure you connect with us on all of our social media platforms. Follow Hawks Beat on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The podcast uh, will be out. Oh, actually, we got a bunch of podcasts out. So, uh, go back if you've missed any of our previous shows. Catch up on the season previews on the Wizards. I mean, the Hornets, the Hornets, the Wizards, the Magic. Who else did we do? We did the Miami Heat. So catch up on those. Subscribe to our YouTube. And we will see you when we see you. Peace and love, guys. Thanks again, Graham. Chase. Thank you. Like we always do about this time. I was gonna rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their floor. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.